Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless possible. Welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined, as always, by Melbourne writers Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. Hello, Zara. I'm so sorry. It's the main character, Michelle Show. I'll just jump right in. Hi, everyone. We're so shambolic already. (laughs) It's producer Annabelle Lee, everyone. Coming up on today's show, we're sorry to say, but there's a TikTok beekeeper feud that has the internet a buzzing, and we're going to get you all across it, Annabelle. I knew you'd like that. (laughs) Plus, there's another royal lily bet on the scene, the controversy in Enveloping Australian Fashion Week, and then are we bad people for loving a big old gossip? But first, Michelle, how was your week? I'm so sorry for being so chaotic this morning, guys. I'm going to try and keep it under wraps for the rest of the show. I'm good. I've been in a better mood this week. I feel like the first week of lockdown, I was chronically depressed and just feeling the worst. Something's happened to me this week where I have a very sunny and positive disposition. I have good vibes. I it's think denial. we're going to be out. No, I think okay. we're going to be out. I think everything's heading in the right direction and I've become like the most optimistic, wholesome person this week. It takes only a fortnight of lockdown to make you yearn for a night out for dinner <laughs> or doing the things that you tend to take for granted every time. And last year I kept saying to myself, I'll never take any of this for granted, this freedom <laughs> of movement. And I did. I took it for granted and maybe maybe this lockdown is my fault because I didn't. Yes, you're right. The it's universe realised that you were getting ahead of yourself. Remember last lockdown when I was like, guys, I think the handshake's out forever now. Like, I don't think people are going to shake hands anymore. Yeah, you did say that. And I fully believed, like, whole things in human behaviour were going to change after one lockdown. We did an episode of Love Etc. where I'm pretty sure you said something like people will be on their phones less because <laughs> they'll enjoy human interaction so much. I'm so fucking stupid in so the many drama, ways. The drama. Oh, anyway, my week, I have to say so many hours of this week, probably why I'm feeling so wonderful and so happy is because my hours were consumed by a show called Love on the Spectrum. It is on ABC. I binged season one and season two on iview. Have either of you watched? All of it. Annabelle. It's marvellous. Annabelle, <laughs> I'm so happy. We have so much to discuss. Who is your favourite contestant? Michael. Michael. I think he's a standout for everyone. Zara's sitting here looking blankly. I haven't seen it, but to be honest, it's been on my list for a while. You will absolutely adore it. If you're listening to this conversation and thinking, what the hell's going on? What is love on the spectrum? It is a dating and relationship show for people who are on the autism spectrum. And I've got to say, the lessons in this show for neurotypical people when it comes to consent, like any man should watch this show just to learn from the contestants what consent should look like and how that should operate. It is the most wholesome, gorgeous, happy, wonderful show. 
and I've been watching it with my mum. Like we've been texting back and forth with every episode, relaying our thoughts. And oh, I almost feel sorry for anyone who doesn't watch it. So it's on ABC. <laughs> the Shade, Zara. <laughs> I feel sorry for you. <laughs> it's on ABC iView. It's free to watch. I expect every shameless listener to do their homework, watch it and get back to me. I'd also like any shameless listener who is on the autism spectrum to come back to me and tell me what they think about the show. What do they love? What could be worked on? What could be improved? I definitely want to hear about that as well. Well, it is on my list. I promise you that. This weekend, you've got nothing to do. I know. Well, hey. Unless. Well, we might be yeah, We might be free. <laughs> We're not going to be free this weekend, guys. <laughs> we might not be, but who cares? I still have stuff to do. <laughs> Your week, tell me. Um, week was okay, a bit better than last week, though peaks and troughs, I guess. I did watch the entire first season of Broadchurch. Have either of you watched Broadchurch? No. No, one of those shows that I've seen bubbling around yeah. for like five years. Well, I feel a bit silly for even recommending it because it is so wildly popular and has been around for quite a while. Like there are three full seasons of the show. But I came off Mayor of Easttown and I put a thingy up on my Instagram stories. It was like, what should I watch next? And so many people came back to me and said Broadchurch. And I kind of understand why on the back of Mayor of Easttown, it is another kind of true crimey small town thingy, but a bit more, um, it's a British show. So it's that British spin on right. whatever the true crime thing is, which means it's maybe a bit more mellow. Is that unfair? <laughs> Should we address the controversy from last week of me saying that I hadn't watched Mayor of Town <laughs> and somehow angering a whole legion of shameless listeners who thought that I was trashing the show? You're just not interested in crime. No, that many people were upset with me for not getting on board Mayor of Town. I'm sorry, guys. I'm very happy for you all loving it. I'm happy that Zara recommended it. Just not for me. I didn't realise that was so offensive <laughs> to so many people. I was a bit taken aback by that as well. <laughs> Broadchurch, you guys, I know you both don't like crime as much, but I do think you'd like that because it didn't make my heart rate go up pretty much until like the eighth episode. So okay. <laughs> that's fine. And it's got Olivia Coleman oh. and David Tennant in it and they are just incredible. Olivia Coleman has my heart, my whole Olivia heart. Olivia Coleman. This is the most wholesome episode already. <laughs> yeah. Olivia Coleman is the best, like just the most beautiful, wonderful actress. And she comes to life so beautifully in every different character she plays. She's like, incredible. It's she, amazing. She is absolutely incredible. Given the last show that I watched with her, she was playing Queen Elizabeth and now she's just in a completely different character. And I'm like, you're so good at what you do. <laughs> You're so good. I also have a word of the day, if anyone will Ooh, allow me. Yeah, okay. sure. I mean, why not? We've got nothing better to do. What's your word of the day? So I came across this word of the day on Instagram, on, on an Instagram page called the Aussie Corporate, which I will say I don't follow, but Ollie managed to find so we can... Why is Ollie following the Aussie Corporate? <laughs> it says a lot about him, doesn't it? Anyway, it's a tweet from Susie Dent who said, word of the day is spuddle from the 17th century to work ineffectively, to be extremely extremely busy while achieving absolutely nothing. <laughs> and I thought in the spirit of my week, I spuddled. Can you, is that the correct usage in a sentence? I was about to say, can yes. you please put this in a sentence for me? Yeah, I think you can spuddle. You or, can spuddle. Yeah. I I'm, think, in, I'm in a spuddle? No, no, you're spuddling. Okay. I think. And you know what? <laughs> Who cares? Can no you one, be a spuddle? That no, would be fun. No, I think that <laughs> is, is Annabella spuddle. You know what? Any, I actually give people permission to use this word in whichever way they desire. <laughs> Can you do that? I don't think you have the power to do that. Who cares? <laughs> that is such a spuddle thing to do. <laughs> so um, I'm just going to start bringing words of the day when I can be bothered. <laughs> Thank you so much. Should we get into today's episode? Yes, but one thing quickly before we get into the first segment, we do have an announcement that's not quite an announcement right now. We will have an announcement for the listeners tomorrow morning for a new project that we've been working on all year, actually, Mish. Yeah, a very meta announcement, an announcement about an announcement. It is coming tomorrow morning. If you want to be the first to know what we are releasing next, you have to subscribe to our newsletter. It will be in our newsletter as an announcement tomorrow at 8am. We will put a link for you to subscribe in our show notes. If you struggle to find the show notes, like I know 85% of you do, it will also be in our Instagram stories. Yeah, very kind of you. Okay, first segment of the show, we're getting into the beekeeper feud. <laughs> Please set the scene for me, Michelle. So this was a very exciting story for me to research because Zara, you texted me during the week and said, have you been across the TikTok beekeeper feud? Annabelle, you won't be across this because you don't like TikTok and that is what I, I hate want, about you. I want to like TikTok. <laughs> I just can't get into it. I sent you a great Steve Carell TikTok this week. Oh, that was fire. <laughs> First time I've called something fire as well. <laughs> it worked. Anyway, so Zara sent this to me and said, are you across this? And I said, look, I am pretty across beekeeper TikTok. The shameless listeners will know that I love the bees and I'm very invested in the bees' well-being. However, I'm not familiar with the beekeeper feud. 
All I had been familiar with before Zara sent me this story was one of the key players. That player is called Erica Thompson. She is queen of the bees. She has 6.3 million TikTok followers because she saves the bees in Austin. She literally like scoops the bees up with her bare hands and puts them into like a new nest for her to take them away and give them a better life. And she has this really good knack of finding the queen bee in a swarm of 10,000 bees instantly. Like she can just spot it even though it doesn't really stand out at all to anyone with a normal eye. Anyway, she's incredible. I've watched all of her videos. She sometimes gets 80 million views of her just at a normal day at work. She's incredible. Zara, I did not realise that not everyone has a love for Erica Thompson quite like I do. So (laughs) I actually binged a bunch of these videos in preparation for this segment. Her TikTok profile is wild. You're right. She literally scoops thousands of bees with her hands and just moves them. I can't work out if it's amazing or kind of gross. She's the bee whisperer. So she's also, before I move on, has done a collaboration of some sort with Jason Derulo. I think she's fixed (laughs) the bees in Jason Derulo's house. I didn't realise that. But, yeah, she is incredible. (laughs) I have to find a celebrity hook somehow. Anyway, so while most amateurs like you and I were very impressed with Erica Thompson's beekeeping ways, there's been a big controversy that's erupted because one (laughs) beekeeper from Los Angeles has challenged her very controversial methods. So in a bunch of Twitter posts that have since resurfaced, so I'm pretty sure they were posted, deleted and have resurfaced in a new TikTok, one beekeeper by the name of LA Honeybee Rescue accused Thompson of staging her beekeeping content and setting a dangerous precedent for interacting with potentially harmful insects. Her tweet was, what she is doing, opening up hives with her hair down, wearing dark clothes with exposed skin is dangerous. I'm 100% okay with her showing how docile swarms are, but the fact is she goes into removals without wearing any safety gear. She's not wearing thick pants or gaiters or work boots. She looks really pretty doing it and that's because it's (laughs) faked. Pretty long. Yeah, I know. (laughs) She looks so pretty, so it must be fake. This beekeeper went on. She also took aim at Erica Thompson's hair. She wrote, the reason I keep my hair short is so bees don't get caught in it. If bees get caught in your hair, they sting. Every female beekeeper I know, they either cut their hair off or they put it up in a ponytail and scrape it into a bun so that the bees don't get tangled in their hair and sting them on the neck or face. I know what I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that is actually the best line in every argument ever. I know what I, I know. know. What I know. You guys can say I have a bad attitude all you want. You can come in the comments and bitch at me and say that I shouldn't be coming after another woman and I'm not supporting her or whatnot. No, I'm straight up calling her out and saying what you do is fake. At Texas Bee Works, I see you. We all see you. (laughs) All of us female removal specialists, we see you. We know you're faking. I genuinely didn't expect cancel culture to reach the bee community (laughs) in Texas. I truly didn't expect it. Now, the reason that this is blown up, and when I say blown up, like this is not just a story we're covering because we think it's funny. Like this is covered by so many news outlets right now. The LA Times had to do an explainer (laughs) on the beekeeping feud. Now, Erica Thompson had to come to the public and address the comments being made about her beekeeping tactics. On June 5, she wrote a statement and addressed the untrue and hurtful attacks on her Instagram, she called the controversy a false narrative. She said, it's a sad day when people see a woman doing something that's so outside of the norm, they assume there's no way she can actually be doing these things, and if she is, she must be getting help from a man. That's alluding to, of course, the fact that LA Honeybee, I think, is that her name? (laughs) LA Honeybee Rescue suggested that Texas Bee Works was getting help from her husband. (laughs) Sorry. So fucking dumb. Texas Bee Works, it should be said, is incredibly attractive. So I think what other beekeepers, wrongly in my opinion, are getting all up in a tizzy about is the fact that Texas Bee Works looks like a model while scooping up bees and like putting them back or saving them. Like she looks gorgeous and therefore people have an issue with that. Is that right? I think so. I think that's I mean, <laughs> the crux of it. Perhaps because we're talking about hair and nice clothes. Erica Thompson did go on in her statement to say, thank you to the massive experienced beekeepers, leaders of the beekeeping community and all of the beekeeping associations who are quick to come to my defence. Experienced beekeepers are the only ones who should be handling bees in these situations because sometimes bees really need a helping hand, which is in short, do not try this at home. Do not try to save the bees yourself. So you're following Erica Thompson now, is that No, I didn't hit follow because I still can't work out. You still don't give a fuck about the bees? No, I care. I just get a bit heebie-jeebie about it. Really? Thousands of bees in her hands. As I said, I can't work out if it's satisfying 
or makes me feel a bit yuck. Right. There's a fine line. How are you feeling? I'm feeling like I kind (laughs) of get it in terms of if watchers of TikTok look at these videos and think, I can do this at home without protection. This is is the faux (laughs) outrage that LA Honeybee Rescue wanted you to think. Yes, everyone will think that they can do it too. Literally no one wants to scoop the bees. (laughs) Who the fuck is going up to a swarm of bees and be like, Erica Thompson does it, so here I go. Like, that's not a thing that the average person's going to do. Fun fact, in my family home as a kid, we had a beehive. Oh. And I was terrified of it. So I have this, like, low-key fear of bees. You had a beehive in, like, a pet capacity or in a (laughs) pest capacity. In a pest. It was, like, by the side of our swimming pool. Maybe they like water. I don't know. Do you regret bringing this into the conversation? (laughs) (laughs) Coming up after the break, our thoughts on Meghan and Harry's baby name and then does gossiping make us bad people? But first, a word from today's sponsor. And now it's time for the quick and dirty. As always, we bring you the top five stories from the rough and tumble of the celebrity and pop culture news cycle. Zara, still not on the B bandwagon. McDonald, what have you got for me? Semi on the B bandwagon, McDonald. My first story, of course. Meghan and Harry named new baby girl after Queen and Princess Diana. That is from the Sydney Morning Herald. Congratulations to Meghan and Harry. The couple have welcomed Lilibet Lily, in inverted commas, Diana Mountbatten-Windsor. If that doesn't sound like a royal name, I don't know what else does. It was, of course, a tribute to her great-grandmother, the Queen, who was Elizabeth, but her nickname is Lilibet. Lilibet. Now, is it Lilibet or Lilibet? I don't know. I just I don't just, know either. I don't know. I guess we have <laughs> Well, I saw a newsreader say Lilibet and I was like, oh God, that's so quick. And I was imagining in my head Lilibet. No, like, I think Lilibet. Lilibet. If it's Lilibet, does that mean her it's, nickname is Lilibet? <laughs> well, I, th- I think it's actually Lilibet because the name is how Queen Elizabeth used to pronounce her name when she was a child. So this is where the name comes from. It was like how a toddler was trying to say Elizabeth. But Lilibet could be Elizabeth for a kid. Anyway, a pretty curious name from Meghan and Harry. Their daughter will be going by Lily, not Lilibet, from what I have read. Now, they did release this news with a statement on social media that read, it is with great joy that Prince Harry and Meghan, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, welcome their daughter, Lilibet, Lily, Diana, Mountbatten, Windsor, to the world. Lily was born on Friday, June 4 at 11.40am in the trusted care of the doctors and staff at Santa Barbara Cottage Hospital in Santa Barbara, California. So no photos at the time we're recording and it's pretty interesting to me this story that they were able to keep it under wraps for a couple of days. I mean, this is just pretty unheard of when it comes to being a royal. As we know, the minute a royal gives birth, they basically have to parade themselves and the baby out to the London press. Also, I'm pretty sure often we've got alerts when Kate Middleton's been going into labour. So they've been able to do this in a very, very private way. I saw a funny comment, I think it was on the Instagram page, Shit You Should Care About, which was like, Lily's name is now Lil Diana, which sounds like a rapper. (laughs) (laughs) Or just like she is just a Lil Diana. (laughs) That's amazing. We did hear from other members of the royal family who were very quick to announce how happy they were about this news. One such couple was Kate and William, who tweeted, We are all delighted by the happy news of the arrival of baby Lily. Congratulations to Harry, Meghan and Master Archie. They maybe didn't say Master Archie, they said Archie. (laughs) We also heard from Charles and Camilla who said they are wishing them all well at this special time. The official palace account said the Queen was delighted by the news. I mean, I saw an article as well this week that just made me roll my eyes, but it's just so indicative of the press skewing everything against Meghan and Harry, which was the Queen is disappointed that the baby was (laughs) named after her. And it's like, are we really doing that? We do have to put on the record, though, that we made some predictions a couple of months ago. About the name. You made a prediction. You were wrong. You were wrong. Everyone was wrong. I mean, the main thing is, though, is that the oracle was wrong. You are the person who has got on this microphone (laughs) probably for the last two and a half years and announced that you have some special fortune-telling power. I actually didn't. The listeners did that. I just got a couple of remarkable things right and the title was put on me. Way to deflect. (laughs) For anyone who's listening to this and is confused, a long time ago, as in when Khloe Kardashian gave birth to her baby daughter... 
Zara got on this podcast and somehow, like, in a sentence, kind of sounded like she was predicting the name was going to be True. I said a name and you yelled out True in response to me. <laughs> no. And then all the listeners ran with that and said Zara predicted the it name It wasn't True. just that. It was I predicted the name of Taylor Swift's next album, which was Lover. Did you? Yes. Oh, okay. That's so what did... really cemented it. People were like, this is fucked up. And then we tested you on the podcast. You guessed a random netball game and, like, the weather in Mullumbimby on a <laughs> random date. So you are pretty good, which is why seven weeks ago on our Instagram stories, I asked you, what is the name you're predicting? You said Alexandra, <laughs> and I don't think anyone could get a further name from Lily. Oh, they're both classics. Alexandra. <laughs> Alexandra. <laughs> <laughs> nice work, Annabelle. Love that. Anyway, so what did happen, though, was our marketing and partnerships guru, Rhiannon, did guess Lily. I was quite rude to her when she guessed Lily. But I will say, I will say, Ree has never been good at guessing stuff until she started working at this office. Oh, my God. She sits next to us and suddenly she's got these powers too. So if you guys are lucky, spend enough time with us. It's like period (laughs) syncing up. We'll all have the power. All of our periods do sync up, by the way, in the shameless office. I don't get mine, but everybody else does. (laughs) And I feel quite left out. Anyway, my second story. Liam Payne splits from Maya Henry after 10-month engagement, says I'm more disappointed in myself. That is from Nine Honey. Before you tune out, because it's a random, Liam Payne story in the quick and dirty. (laughs) Stick it out. The quotes are pretty interesting. The quotes are pretty interesting. Thank you for the disclaimer that this is a bit of a lackluster story before we get into it. It's it's lackluster talent, I would say. (laughs) Don't don't make any comments that are negative about One Direction. Remember what happens when you, didn't we have Ash London get on our own podcast and in conversation and say that she was trolled by One Direction fans for saying that one of their beards was a bit ratty? Yes, so true. It's mediocre. I do love One Direction. I can just appreciate that not all of our listeners may be interested in Liam Payne's love life. If you haven't been paying attention to Liam Payne's love life, a bit of a refresher. In August last year, a representative for Liam confirmed that he was engaged to his model girlfriend of two years. Her name is Maya Henry. She was only 21 when they got engaged, so quite young. Us Weekly got the official confirmation after Maya was spotted wearing a diamond ring on her finger that was reportedly worth... $5.4 million. One Direction did well for him, eh? Oh, my God. I just can't even imagine that much money being in one stone on your hand. I know. Super stressful. So the pair did get together after he split from UK X Factor judge Cheryl Cole. Cole and Payne actually share a four-year-old son, Bear. Now, this is where we get to the interesting part, Miss, because (laughs) Liam Payne went on a podcast called The Diary of a CEO. (laughs) Diary of a CEO. <laughs> it's like it reminds, reminds me. Why do I find that so funny? It reminds me of those men that you see on Instagram who have like a watch emoji in their bio and say like entrepreneur. entrepreneur. <laughs> Literally, I have to say I'm going to go out on a limb here and say there's not a woman who's starting a podcast and calling it the Diary of a CEO. This has man written all over it. The embarrassing thing is I actually listened to half of this episode because oh. I was like, I want to hear these quotes for myself in real time. Like I want to experience it because these quotes have gone so viral across the internet. So anyway, he went on the Diary of a CEO podcast and when asked if he was single, Liam Payne responded with this. I am indeed. I feel like more than anything at this point, I'm more disappointed in myself that I keep on hurting people. That annoys me. I've not been very good at relationships and I know what my pattern of things is with relationships. I feel at this point, I'm just not very good at them. So I just need to work on myself before I put myself onto somebody else. And I feel like that's where I got to in my last relationship. So he didn't go into the specifics of what went wrong, but he just said he wasn't giving a very good version of himself anymore. I didn't appreciate and I didn't like being. He also said, I can honestly say that I feel better out of it. I didn't feel good for doing what I did, but it had to happen. I know that's the corniest way of saying it was the best for both of us, but it just feels like that. A couple of things that I think of reading these quotes. Firstly, he's obviously done something stupid. I didn't feel good for doing what I did. Yes. So something's happened. He's done something stupid. But if you were the ex-partner of Liam Payne, would these quotes kind of annoy you? Absolutely. I don't think if you've done something bad, which I think all of us know what can go wrong in romantic relationships and if someone's done something really bad to end an engagement, I think we can all have a few theories in our head as to what's potentially gone wrong. If you're the person doing the wrong thing, 
it's not your right to then get on a podcast and say, it was actually the best for both of us. Like, my ex-fiance is doing better than ever because I really fucked her over. But not just that. The other quotes that kind of annoyed me were just like, I'm annoyed at myself. That real sort of like self-flagellation. Oh. And I, I don't know, I would find that a bit annoying if I was dating someone that got on a podcast and did that. It's like, just do the work and move on and be better. No, I disagree with that. I think it's great for him to say I'm disappointed in myself and say that publicly. I think it that's is, a good thing to do. I think, what I don't yeah. like is saying... It's the best for both of us. <laughs> it may be not the smartest move for him, but interesting that he wanted to be so open about it. I mean, I'd be reticent to start dating Liam Payne after these quotes. Yeah, not exactly my type. Annabelle, no, no Liam Payne stands come for us. Annabelle, would you date Liam Payne? I am a directioner, although <laughs> this is probably going to offend people. Liam Payne was, I think, my least favourite yeah. when they were like really big I when think I was that's young. Fair. Yeah. that's fair. I love Niall and Harry. Speaking of Harry, I'm just going to try and squeeze an extra story within a story, which I know is not allowed. I told you we shouldn't do this and you're doing it anyway. <laughs> Harry Styles is starting a beauty company. Did we Ooh, know this? No. Do you care? Maybe. What's he selling? <laughs> so is he selling, is he selling models of his own product? <laughs> oh, God. Bottles I of Harry Styles that. sweat would sell very, very well. That's, Remember that, um, that e-cam girl who was selling bottles of her bath water and they sold like hotcakes. Harry Styles should just sell like perfume bottles of his own scent. No, well, the reason that we know that he's starting a beauty company is only because the trademark's been lodged. <laughs> so <laughs> and the company is apparently called Styles Harry Edward, which abbreviates to S H E. She. Oh. Watch this face. My third story. <laughs> Australian Fashion Week slammed for promoting inclusivity without making runway wheelchair accessible. That is from Pedestrian. And this is the video from Australian Fashion Week, Mish, that seems to be doing the rounds both on TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. So if you've watched this video, you would know that basically there's a runway that is covered with all of these fluffy, colourful, spherical things. Some people have said they were balls of paper yeah. that were kind of like shredded paper that were all bound together and it placed on the... It looks like shredded paper, but it, yeah, we weren't there. So well, I thought it know. looked spongy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there. What I do know is that the texture of the runway at Australian Fashion Week was very bumpy, very uneven, very unpredictable, which is not very accessible for the models in wheelchairs who had to then navigate that runway. The reason this video went viral is because viewers could see IMG model Reid McCracken who happens to also be a Paralympian, struggle to navigate the runway and actually find his wheel being snagged twice, which is not accessible. Like it's great to have diversity in bodies on the runway, but if you're not actually making that runway accessible for those bodies, why are you doing it? Yeah, it's that classic case of diversity without inclusion. Like you're not making anyone feel seen or heard or safe in this space. It's interesting because this was a combined runway, so it wasn't like one brand's runway. Although Reed was wearing PE Nation at the time, it was a few different brands walking this runway. So it's hard to know where to lay the blame. And obviously, I think with the production team behind this actual runway, but they're not as visible or public facing, which makes mm. it a little bit harder. Yeah. Well, during a later section of the same show, there was a model wearing the label Camilla and they also found their wheelchair being snagged on the same props on the runway. So this was an issue for a lot of people on that runway who were not able-bodied. The model and activist Jason Climo gave a quote to Fashion Journal about this story, which I found really illuminating. He said, from experiencing the industry as a whole, if there's not someone who knows better behind the scenes, this stuff happens. That's why the whole industry needs a shake-up in terms of their inclusion. Where are the creative directors that are people with a disability? Where are our disabled designers? Where's our event managers that are disabled? And people who actually know better because they have the lived experience. I mean, it's not the only conversation coming out of fashion. Fashion Week this week that's really taken aim at the apparent lack of inclusivity and diversity at the shows. I mean, we weren't there, but it seems very clear from many of the videos and photos coming out of the week that there wasn't much diversity at all. Model Basha Alman also wrote on Instagram, whilst I'm incredibly proud of how hard I had to work to be on that runway stage, I'm pretty disappointed of how much a process it was for space to be made for someone like myself. She went on and explained that she felt her inclusion was tokenistic and it's just not enough anymore to put a size 12 woman on a catwalk and feel like a diversity quote has been met. Yeah, she continued, I may disappoint people with my words, but that is my full-blown truth. This industry doesn't make space for all people. It's still incredibly exclusive and outdated. It's 2021. We want to see all different types of people on our runways now. She gave multiple examples of this, not just gender inclusivity, racial inclusivity, but also body inclusivity. 
Kate Wosley, who has been on Shameless and in an In Conversation episode, is a friend of the show, wrote about this for Pedestrian. Her piece was titled, Fashion Week Yet Again Showed Me the Lack of Size Diversity in Australia and I'm Tired of It. She said, this year, only three out of 70 brands catered for a size 18. Even then, there was only a handful that didn't stop at a size 12, which was definitely reflected in the choice of models. By the end of the week, I had lost so much hope for myself and women that wear size 20 plus that I almost cried tears of joy when I saw my beautiful friend and fellow Vivian's model, Lauren McMath, walk out in swimwear. One size 18 model. One. And I felt grateful, so thankful to be represented. I wonder if that's how any of the straight size guests felt or if they have ever felt that way. Yeah, it's a pretty loud conversation coming out of Fashion Week. And I think as it should be, like it's so fucking embarrassing Mm. that it's 2021 and we're still having these conversations. Like it just feels like a world that has been told to shake itself up so many times, so many times. And it just refuses to. Yeah, I just feel like they're just so behind. And there's that excuse all the time of Australia is behind the rest of the world. And Kate made this in her pedestrian piece. It's like, why are we just okay with that? Why are we say, oh, well, Australia is five or ten years behind the UK and the US. Fix it. Like you can, literally, you can literally catch up in one event. You can get to that place. It doesn't need to be this slow-moving ship. You can just do it right and do it right now. My fourth story, Chrissy Teigen is dropped from marketing for Safely Cleaning Brand she founded with Kris Jenner following sales plunge amid her bullying scandal. That is from the Daily Mail. As you guys might remember, in early May, Kris Jenner and Chrissy Teigen debuted their new brand, Safely, which is a cleaning brand. But as we know, given the controversy enveloping Chrissy Teigen right now for all of those bullying claims against Courtney Stodden and people like Farah Abraham, she has apparently been dropped from being any type of public face behind the brand. Yeah. So if you go onto the Instagram page for Safely, somehow this cleaning brand has more than 100,000 followers. (laughs) I think that's the only way you know that it's got celebrity endorsements and celeb power behind it. Her face isn't on any of the photos. Like if you looked at this Instagram account, unless you scrolled right back to months ago, you would think that this is just owned by Kris Jenner. And obviously it's a smart PR move. I think to have Chrissy Teigen's name against anything that is trying to make money right now is a bad look. Where my curiosity lies is whether or not Chrissy Teigen can ever put her name back on this brand. Like how quickly will this bullying controversy die down and will this end up being something where the entire business partnership is actually kind of excavated? Well, it's hard because I imagine they're both directors of the company as well as the public faces of the company. So it's like... Will she continue her director roles behind the scenes? Will she still own part of the company? I mean, if she's put money up, I imagine that Mm. to be true. But then also bringing the company into disrepute can also get you booted, even if it is your company. So it'll be interesting. I mean, I imagine they're not going to say anything about it. They'll just ghost her out of that and never tell us whether she's still involved. Unless, as you say, she pops up in the marketing in a year or two. I mean, it's not the only thing she's been dropped from in recent months, She's also been dropped from Never Have I Ever on Netflix. So this is a TV show created by Mindy Kaling. Have either of you watched it? Yeah. No. Coming of age, <laughs> I knew it. I loved it. it what is so it? Good. Give us a rundown. So it's, as you said, Zara, it's a coming of age and it's really funny, obviously, because it's created by Mindy Kaling. So it follows a teenager right through like high school, family stuff, romantic Love, relationships. Yeah. It's like the most Annabelle show ever. <laughs> so it's a comedy drama. Yes. Yes. And what was Chrissy Teigen going to be doing on so the show? So what's interesting about this, show is it also features celebrities performing like voiceover narrations and she was going to be one of the voiceover narrations but apparently in a statement she decided to step away and the role will be recast so that's another job that she's lost as well yeah her career's definitely taken a beating from those allegations for sure yeah my fifth story with two episodes left kim kardashian finally comments on her marriage troubles in keeping up with the kardashians That is from W Magazine and, of course, they left it to the last episode. I have watched 10 episodes of this show waiting for this scandal slash controversy slash life development to play out. I have sat through the most bullshit storylines on this season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. It's actually embarrassing, the content I've consumed watching this. Is it one of the worst seasons they've put out? 
Yes, for sure. Like really? I think it's just it's so manicured now. It is so beyond being realistic or yeah. having any genuine dialogue. Apart from this one scene, like I think recently in Keeping Up with the Kardashians, they really expect millions of viewers to hang on just for these little nuggets of truth that are kind of sprinkled throughout the season. But you are hanging on. <laughs> I know I'm hanging on. I'm a fucking idiot. But it has been interesting to actually watch this play out. So finally in a clip from episode 11, we did see Kim kind of meltdown over the breakdown of her marriage. The only stuff we had seen before this was her kind of sitting away from the cameras on the phone to Kanye, visibly distressed, but not actually hearing anything of what was going on. So we did hear Chloe acknowledge this on episode 11, where she said that Kim has been going through a lot in her relationship. And I quote, privately behind the camera. Kim also said that there's been a lot of fighting in the past, but it's all kind of like calm now. Yeah, it feels very much from this clip that she's starting to talk about it once all the fighting has subsided and it's kind of like it's done now. Yeah. Like your heart's sort of just like I've made peace with it, even though I'm not happy with it. So in this clip, it cuts to footage of her just bawling and they obviously have that black and white overlay like they always do when it's like a flashback to something dramatic and her quotes were I just think he deserves someone who will support his every move and go follow him all over the place and move to Wyoming I can't do that he should have a wife that supports his every move and travels with him and does everything and I can't I feel like a fucking failure it's my third fucking marriage yeah I feel like a fucking loser but I can't even think about that I want to be happy makes you really feel for her when you watch this definitely I think it also adds up. Like we know that Kanye West has kind of been transient with where he's been living for the last few years. And it makes a lot of sense that a mother of four doesn't want to move and upheave her life every single year, that she wants to have a base in Los Angeles or New York or wherever they choose to settle. But that's just not what her husband wants anymore. I was quite disappointed actually to read some of the comments on social media. There is like a pretty strong group of people who believe that Kim should just move wherever he wants to move and that's kind of a wife's role. But I absolutely understand how she is sitting there going, I can't do this. Like I have a life and a career and the kids need stability and he's an incredible dad but we're just not suited to each other anymore. Yeah, and it does really make you sad when you think about it. I think there's a real sense when it comes to celebrities and marriage that they are very flippant with their marriages and that they get married and then break up and that that doesn't rock them as much as maybe it would rock the average person who gets out of a marriage because we know that's not easy. Mm. But I think hearing quotes like this, she's like, yeah, I don't want to have three failed marriages. Like I don't want this in my life. Like this is not what I set out to do. And I imagine she wants to stay with the father of her child if she could, but clearly they can't. The final episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians on E! ever airs next week. And while the official description is Kim updates the family on her future, I don't know how much more they're going to give us. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we have no idea yet. As a Keeping Up fan who is there for the last episode, I want there to be some truth and like something exclusive, hopefully, for the people who actually watch the show who get to experience that. Will we get anything? I don't know. On the other hand, I also understand, like, this is a woman who now has young children and wants to protect them from that. So yeah, I love how you're like, do give I me come pain. first? <laughs> give me your pain. I'm, I'm not sure if I come first. <laughs> Kardashian's, like, priority list. Hey, that's all I've got for you. Thank you so much. Thank you, next bitch. This week, an article in Fashion Journal titled How a TikTok Made Me Rethink Gossiping Caught Our Attention. The viral video in question, published by Lara Kelly, explores the etymology of the word gossip and how it went from a simple word to something used to deride women, their friendships, and the way they communicate. More than a million people have liked the video in less than a week, one such person being writer Asta Agrawal. A self-confessed gossiper, Asta says she's now rethinking the way she considers gossip and wants her readers to as well. Well, Zara, your turn. Are you a gossiper? Yeah. God, yeah. I don't think we could start a celebrity and pop culture podcast and mm. not have some sort of innate desire to gossip. Yes. I found this piece really interesting. So Asta, as you said, Mish, starts the piece by saying she loves to gossip but acknowledges that that word itself or that concept has a million different negative connotations around it. And then she said that she stumbled on this TikTok by Lara Kelly, who has about 67,000 followers on the platform, who explained the history of the word. Yeah. So I found out through this TikTok, the term gossip historically referred to a good friend, typically a woman. So the term actually originates from those moments that women would spend all in a bedroom around the time of childbirth. So women would have obviously these intimate conversations 
conversations while waiting for the baby to arrive. And then that became the term for gossip. So it was often referred to like that very intimate, very close connection that women make through conversation. However, over time, gossip came to mean nasty talk between people. Between women, mainly. Yeah, between women, scandalous talk. Well, between women or between gay men, which is really interesting. So it began as something that just meant a close female friend. But over the last, I don't know, 700 years, it's come to mean something that we should raise an eyebrow at or not encouraging each other or feel negatively about. Yeah, exactly. So Asta in this piece reframes gossip as A, something that isn't necessarily gendered, that everyone likes a good gossip and B, something that is actually good for you. And I think with that in mind, it really made me start to wonder what does gossiping actually mean today? And does an interest in gossip make you a bad person? I mean, I think first and foremost, Our issue with gossip is the perception of what it actually is. There was this time piece from 2019 by Sophia Gottfried and she wrote, people tend to think of gossip as synonymous with malicious rumours, put downs or the breathless propagation of a tabloid scoop. But researchers often define it more broadly as talking about people who aren't present, says Megan Robbins, an assistant professor of psychology at the University of California. It's something that just comes naturally to us, an integral part of conversation, information sharing and even community building. And this is the perspective on gossip I don't think anyone's really brought to the table properly. Yeah, agree. Also, researchers found that children start gossiping at the age of five and studies estimate that more than two thirds of conversation between humans is tagged as gossip. So as you said, gossip is any conversation about someone who isn't present in that conversation. And yet in pop culture, gossip has a really shitty reputation. Like we've got Gossip Girl that was done through a woman's voice, very syrupy, very sugary, very feminine presentation of Gossip Girl. We also had the burn book in Mean Girls and what happens when you get a cluster of girls together and there's no like man to break up the dynamic. I remember that myself. Like I tell people that I went to an all girls school and so many people go, oh, I couldn't do that. It was too bitchy. And I get that, like there were parts of going to an all-girls school that was bitchy, but for the instant idea to think all girls together, wow, how gossipy and therefore how mean and nasty is a very interesting way that we think about things. We don't tend to think that way about all boys schools. Well, this is what I find really interesting is I went to a co-ed school and there is no commentary I get about, wow, how bitchy would that school have been? And it's like, genuinely, what's the difference? Mm. Because the girls were all in classes together. The girls all hung out together. Like at that age, you're very much gravitating towards your gender Mm. to hang out with. What's to say that scenario wouldn't be just as bitchy as a boy and girl school anyway? Like it's incredibly sexist and it's incredibly gendered. I mean, with all of this in mind, I think one thing I want to preface before really diving into this is that not every conversation we have about people when they aren't present is productive, helpful or good for the world. Like I think Mm. it would be remiss of us to not acknowledge that. I think an interesting distinction to probably make here is maybe the difference between gossip and conversations that are rooted in internalised misogyny. Like I think the more harmful type of gossip sits in a camp that actively brings people down where it's tearing women down because you find them annoying for reasons you can't quite put your finger on. Mm. Like I think we can absolutely acknowledge that that's dangerous and damaging type of gossip. Other type of gossip where you're talking about people that you know when they're not there can be very good for the world. Yeah, I feel like in myself, I've probably struggled with this internally. Like I'm thinking even back to the Florence Given in conversation episode where we did, where I was like, oh, I went to an all girls school and it was so bitchy. Like I've even internalized this in myself. So if anyone's listening going, but you guys have implied that women together is bitchy, then absolutely. Like I think we're all struggling under this weird coding that women speaking together is more bitchy or more nasty than two men speaking to each other. I even had a New Year's resolution. I don't know if... I remember this. Yeah, I texted you on like January 1, couple of years ago. Yeah, maybe start of 2019. And said, my New Year's resolution is to stop gossiping. And you were like, no, 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 no. And you're like, you're not allowed to do that. That's basically everything that we talk to each other about. And I am a self-confessed gossiper. Like I love having a chat about the way people live. And I feel even like embarrassed admitting that on a podcast. I don't know why. That's my favorite kind of conversation. Swapping information about the way people are living their lives is something I really enjoy and that is really sacred to me. But constantly I hear that quote in my head that says, great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, small minds discuss people. 
And I know in myself that I spend maybe 95% of my conversation talking about the way people are. Like we've created a whole podcast out of celebrity gossip. The celebrity industry wouldn't exist if gossip wasn't something that was really attractive and interesting to a lot of people. Do I spend a lot of my time discussing ideas or discussing events? Not really. I want to talk about people and like the relationships they build. I think it's small-minded for us to assume that you can't talk about people and talk about ideas at the same time. Like often the way that we talk about people is very much rooted in how we feel and think about the world Mm. and how we see the world. I mean, I often use gossip to make sense of myself sometimes. And I know that sounds like a cop-out, but I really don't think that it is. Like I'll come home from anywhere and talk to my boyfriend and say, well, X person annoyed me or X things happening or something else rubbed me up the wrong way. And I'll have a conversation with him about it and be like, well, I need to work out why I want to speak to you about this and be why it's annoying me. Like, Mm. is this because this is just behavior that I don't gravitate to? And if it's not behavior I don't gravitate to, why don't I gravitate to it? And is it actually hurting the world? And it kind of really makes me think about who I am and how I act and why I get annoyed by certain things that people do when they're not hurting other people. Mm. I also feel much closer to someone once we share not secrets, but almost like secret adjacent information with each other. Like I remember getting home from school or getting home from netball and my mum saying, do you have any gossip for me? And me feeling like so valuable and loved when mum and I would like share interesting information back and forth. I remember that was one of like the key ways I bonded with my mum growing up. You and I, I searched the word gossip in iMessage and found, do you have any gossip for me? Or I've got gossip. (laughs) I actually think it's the most common question that comes out of my mouth. I will walk into a room, mainly with people that I know quite well, because it's pretty rogue thing to say like anyone got any gossip like yes. does anyone have anything for me when I first started dating my boyfriend he was like what the fuck why do you keep asking me this <laughs> and I'm like it's half a joke but not really like my friends have joked for a very 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 long time that I have loose lips that I will mm. tell everyone everything that I shan't be trusted that I will literally as I say walk into any room and be like who has gossip and I'm packing this now I've actually never felt particularly ashamed by that. Like I've always found it kind of funny because I fundamentally believe that the way I go about it isn't hurting anyone. And Mm. I think that's the line that you have in your own mind is like, am I hurting anyone? I also think it makes me a better person. I think understanding people and understanding what's going on with them makes me a better person to be around because I'm sensitive to what's going on in any given room. Mm. Like if you know what's going on with people in a room, not to a ridiculous level, but you have a base level understanding of what people are thinking and feeling and the events going on in your life, you can be very sensitive with how you're acting. I completely agree with that. I also think one of the most endearing qualities in a person when you meet them is curiosity in your life as well as yours in theirs. Like I love asking people questions and I will never forget one day I was in a park with a group of friends and one of our friends was introducing his girlfriend to the group and she sat down with me and she instantly goes, I've got to confess something your mate warned me about you because apparently you ask heaps of questions and you're going to get everything out of me, like my entire birth story to now. And I remember thinking like, I've never heard that from anyone, but it's probably very, very true. Like I will ask questions that maybe the average person wouldn't ask because I'm just so curious and I just want to learn about you. But I actually think if you're doing it in a way where you are genuinely curious and you genuinely want to be able to relate to people and connect with people, that's okay. But we have this idea that gossip is so overwhelmingly malicious that it means that the way women converse as a whole is derided. One interesting tidbit about this topic for me this week was actually between our boyfriend Zara Our boyfriends told us there is almost like a celebrity spell check for men, which I had no idea existed. It's about AFL culture and it's kind of like not shit posting, but on the edge posting posting about AFL stars or people who were once involved with the VFL, AFL. Well, it's called Forgotten Stars, so you can imagine what the tone of the page is. Yeah, and I felt kind of relieved when I learnt this because something in me about celeb spell check always felt like, is there an air of sexism with celeb spell check and with anonymous gossip pages like Demois on Instagram because it's mostly women wanting to talk anonymously or behind closed doors about other women and it was such a relief to know men do this too because I genuinely didn't know men do the same stuff on Instagram yeah exactly they're interested in the same stuff they just aren't nearly as good as acknowledging it as we are like we're so much more open about it I think there was this really interesting quote from that time piece that I referenced before from 2019 where 
The journalist wrote, some scholars view gossip as evidence of cultural learning, offering teachable moments and providing people with examples of what's socially acceptable and what's not. I agree with this 1000%. Setting behavioural standards often comes through gossip. Like if we're talking about behavioural standards, we can talk about, I don't know if I want to give examples, like if people were cheating, for example, or if people are making life decisions that I fundamentally disagree with or going about their life decisions, maybe it's like how they treat their family or treat their children, treat their partner, anything like that, that sets a standard for me being like, hang on a second, that's not how I want to act. Mm. And that's not how I want people in my life to act. Mm. Totally. And it's like, I can decide who I want to be based on what I don't want to be. I also think the other way to look at it is like hearing stuff about people helps me understand who I want to spend more time with. Like I don't ever want to be a person who only takes people at face value or who only says, well, they treat me well, therefore they're a nice person. They could treat me well and treat half my friends like shit. And it's like, that's the stuff I want to know because I don't want to be around someone who doesn't treat everybody the same. Yeah. I think also gossip between women serves a function or between any minority because there's like a safety level of it as well, right? Like, you know, the people who might not have your best interests at heart. You can swap information on who might be dangerous or who might be a sleaze, might be a person you don't want to associate with in your everyday life. So there's also a function of gossip that actually keeps you safe and keeps the people around you safe and helps you work through your shit. If I didn't gossip with people, I would just be like this weird satellite. (laughs) No idea where I am, what I'm doing at any given point. Annabelle, are you a gossiper? I definitely am. I live with my best friend and we've been best friends since we were six and we've been gossiping for as long as I can remember. And honestly, as you said, I think it's made me a better person. We do these things where like after we hang out with our friends, we do debriefs. (laughs) I love that. I do that. Because I feel like being curious about other humans is innate as a human. Like you yeah. you are curious about the people around you because I think if you care about them, you want to know what's going on. Yeah. And even like with my sister, my older sister, we gossip a lot and it's helped me understand a lot about racism. Like when I was younger, I didn't really know how to process a lot of the negative interactions I was having with people and hearing her experiences about similar interactions kind of helped me piece everything together and understand yeah. it better. So it's like, It is like a puzzle piece, right? Exactly. Every bit of information you get helps you form a picture yeah. of your world as you know it. Yeah, exactly. And I think when we talk about gossip, generally we never talk about our intentions when it comes to gossip. And it's like I think it's a really good self-check exercise to be like, what kind of gossip is this? Because as we said, there is like 5 to 10% of gossip that's really bad and actually not good for the world. But I would say 90% of it that is and that helps you and that's the stuff we need to be focusing on. Yeah, what I would say to that and I think that I've developed as I've grown older is almost not using gossip or information sharing as almost like an isolation tactic. I feel like sometimes in groups of friends it's like who knows a secret and who who doesn't know it. Yeah. And people almost use that to feel closer to some people and not as close to others in the group because they like don't want to share that with them yet. And I think it's a sign of maturity when you can actually share something with an entire group so that no one feels left out. I feel like that's one of the key ways that, I mean, I'm speaking from the perspective of a woman that I've felt left out in the past when it's like, people know something here that I don't know. Yeah. And I feel very on the out in my own group. Yeah. Hey guys, let us know. Are you a gossiper? Do you like gossip? Do you find it good? Do you find it's made you a better person? Like we have argued. Have you listened to this entire segment and feel like we're all evil? (laughs) (laughs) We want to know it all. As always, we're on Instagram at Shameless Podcast. We'll put those polls up for your Safe Friday tomorrow as we always do. But for now, that's all we've got for you. Yeah. And if you want to catch the original Fashion Journal article that we referenced in in this piece, go onto Asta's blog post. It is enchantedclub.blogspot.com. You can find links to all of her work, including that fashion journal piece. Yeah, she's also on Instagram at Asta Meow too. If you want to check out more of her work, if you want to support our show though, you can click that green follow button on Spotify or that purple subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Michelle. Yes, you can. Have a good week, everyone. Annabelle Lee, do you have anything to add? No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. Bye. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish 
stylish if you want to say it quickly, style-ish if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.